0: um before we get going i want to share with you uh, a little bit about the connection card that's in our bulletin Uh, that's a way for you to communicate with us if you have prayer needs you have something going on this week that you'd like your pastor to be praying about uh we will uh we would be glad to do that uh, and check up on you and see how things are uh if you'll look maybe you're here and you've uh been attending and you're thinking maybe about membership well we have Uh, A membership matters class that's gonna uh, our next one is scheduled for uh, the week after Easter so two weeks uh, from today if you're interested in maybe looking at membership uh, you can uh, check um, on this connection card info about becoming uh, a member or membership matters class and we'll know uh, that you're interested we'll contact you and let you know about that class if if your schedule just never seems to work out with that class We'll also sit down with you and and give you that material one-on-one. And so don't let anything uh, prevent you from uh, becoming a member uh, of our church if if that is your desire. So John chapter 10, verses 1 through 13. And I don't know if you noticed, but we kind of just stopped uh, in verse 13. There's kind of a weird, we just kind of stopped in the middle of a dialogue and a thought. And I would love to say... To give you a breakdown of the Greek as to why we did that. And, and the reality is, is that the next part makes a killer Easter sermon. So that's what we pastors do sometimes is uh, we may not stop in exactly the right spot, but it's the right spot for uh, what many of us pastors think is the Super Bowl of our year uh, in in that Easter sermon. And so we're excited about uh, that message uh, next week. Be sure and, and invite uh, others with you. Um, if you're a guest here, we're making our way through the Gospel of John. And one thing we've noticed in John is that there is a, uh, a, a tendency for him to kind of arrange things around certain festivals uh, and, and feasts that are going on in Jewish life. And this dialogue that extends the entire... Uh, entirety of chapter 10 is happening at the feast of dedication uh, what you may know be more familiar with as Hanukkah and so there's this festival going on and so everybody's gathered up and Jesus is doing uh, some teaching this will actually be Jesus's final public dialogue in the gospel of John the rest of the time he'll be dealing with much smaller groups Uh, it'll be slowly moving towards the cross and so this is uh, it's interesting that this is his final public uh, discourse to a crowd. Um, and again, we, it's believed that Jesus is borrowing image from the festival uh, to talk about himself. And uh, many scholars think that Ezekiel 34 uh, was part of the reading of this festival, which talks about just the bad shepherd, the bad, the bad leadership that Israel has been under. Um, in verse 2 of ezekiel 34 it says son of man prophesy against the shepherds of israel prophesy and say to them even to the shepherds thus says the lord god Ah, shepherds of israel who have been feeding yourselves should not shepherds feed the sheep and so jesus is talking to religious leaders and he's basically saying hey i'm the good shepherd you have not been a good shepherd you've been a thief and a stranger, as we see them called in this, uh, in this dialogue. And I think there are two, there's a twofold emphasis that's going on. First of all, and primary, of course, is Jesus talking about himself as the good shepherd. But I think if we examine this closely, we'll also see uh, this is his criticism of, of people, of, of, his, of his under-shepherds, so to speak. I think if you uh, are, are going, if you move away or if you want to examine us as pastors, as the under shepherds of Christ, this will be a great place to see whether or not these are, are we are, or, or your new pastor might be an under shepherd of the good shepherd. And so that's also how we're going to approach, approach this text. So the good shepherd and his under shepherds. And we're going to look at uh, shepherds and thieves this morning. And the main idea is the good shepherd and his under-shepherds come to gather and love the sheep while the strangers and thieves come to scatter and destroy the sheep. So the first is that thing I want you to notice is that the good shepherd and his under-shepherds value the flock over their own well-being. Verse 1 introduces this concept of a sheepfold. The sheepfold would have been uh, it's a, a fence that would be up against a cliff, maybe, uh, or a building. Part of the, uh, the side of the sheepfold would be a cliff or a building, and there would be a fence that would come out uh, with, with the sheep to gather and, and be together with uh, a gatekeeper there to protect the sheep, making sure that nothing happens to the sheep. So who is the group of sheep that, that have been gathered into this sheepfold well it is it's the people of god it's the church i mean we look in the old testament and and uh god would would refer to israel uh oftentimes as his sheep but uh we know here in the new testament he is also referring to his church as the sheepfold in first peter 2 9 it says but you are a chosen race a royal priesthood a holy nation a people of his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. And so it's this this group of people, the church that have been saved by the grace of Christ. That's who's in the sheepfold. We see in the good shepherd a self-sacrificing heart for the flock that has been, been gathered. I jump into verse 11. It says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Christ stands before the flock and you better not seek to harm his flock. He will stop at nothing to make sure his, his flock stays gathered, that his flock stays loved and taken care of. In fact, he did stop at nothing. He stopped he went all the way to the cross. He went all the way to laying down his life in torture so that the flock could stay together, that the flock could be the people of God in, 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 its safe, in, in his safe flock, in his safe keeping. This will be also the character of all of his under-shepherds as well. Those that lead the church as under-shepherds are to be or to be like the good shepherd, those that would sacrifice everything for the flock of God. The pastor, like like Christ, will always value the flock over himself. We see here the example of the stranger and thieves are very different. It says in verse 12, He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. While Christ and his under shepherds will stay and fight to the death for the flock of God those that are not true shepherds will run away and prove to be the cowards that they are because they care about themselves. Be be careful of an under shepherd or a pastor or Anyone who values their own well-being, values themselves over the health of the flock. That's not an under-shepherd of Christ. That's something else. That's a stranger and a thief. I mean, pastor, you need to always be careful not to be those in self-advancement of, I'm here until a bigger church calls, then I'm there until a bigger church calls, then I'm there. Because I'm about my own self-advancement. No, I should be about taking care of, of a people of the people that God has given me. I'm not about my own personal self-advancement. Is he primarily about the sheep, or is he primarily about himself? We know that Christ was here to care for the sheep, and his under-shepherds are those who care for the sheep. We all, Secondly, we see... Uh, that the good shepherd and his under-shepherds view Jesus as the entry point of the flock. It says in verse 2, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. We see here that those who enter by the door are the true shepherds, uh the, the, is the true shepherd and sheep of God. In verse 7, Jesus is seeking to clarify. His imagery. And what does he say? He says, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. The flock of God is formed through Christ, folks. He is the door. There is no other way into the flock other than through the work of Jesus Christ. The church is not a people that are united in what we have done. We're a people united in what has been done for us in Christ what He has done. His perfect life as the Son of God, His substitutionary death on the cross and His glorious resurrection that we celebrate next Sunday and really every Sunday. That that is what has brought us into the fold. The work of Christ. We must always keep the work of Jesus Christ as the main thing. Folks, if you ever feel like I am a one-trick pony as a preacher, I want you to know something. I am a one-trick pony. It's the Gospel. It's the Gospel. And I may try to bring in different sauces to to the entree, and I may try to cook it in different ways, but I'm always trying to serve you the Gospel. Whether you're an unbeliever or someone who's been saved for 50 years, I want you to every Sunday experience the beauty of what Christ did through His life, His death and resurrection for you. That is that is the diet that I want to serve you. Do I seek to call you to holy living? Sure I do. But I want to be Due to that to be in the context of what Christ has already done to make that holiness possible. Do I want you to have better marriages, be better parents, be more, have more joyful lives? Sure I do. But I want the engine that runs all of that to be the gospel, to be that which Christ has done for us. So as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, 2 I decide to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Jesus is the door that creates the flock, and He must always be central. We see very different approach from the strangers and thieves. Verse 1, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. There are those who would seek to bypass the door. There are those who would seek to bypass Christ to seek to get into the sheepfold by climbing over the fence or jumping off the cliff or the building that it's up next to. But these are not shepherds, and they're, they're not even sheep because they not come through the door, who is Christ. Folks, Christless Christianity, though an oxymoron, is a very real thing. There are pulpits all over where thieves and robbers preach Christless sermons. Spurgeon was no fan of this. He said once, The motto of all true servants of God must be, We preach Christ and Him crucified. A sermon without Christ in it is like a loaf of bread without any flour in it. No Christ in your sermon, sir? Then go home and never preach again until you have something worth preaching preaching. Folks, without Christ there is no preaching. Without Christ there is no church. He is the door and there is no other way. It's not just Christ preachers. There are countless people in the church and around the church that have bypassed the door of Christ. Some seeking God through morality. Some in church to carry out a long family tradition of being there. Some in church hoping that maybe their kids will be that the kids will be taught to behave. Maybe just to make themselves feel better. And some probably can't even articulate articulate why they're here. But there is no circumventing Christ. True belief in him and his work is the only way to truly be a part of his church, part of his sheepfold. There is no downplaying Christ. There's no downplaying Christ. We come into the sheepfold through the work of Christ and we are kept in the sheepfold by the work of Christ. When I ask them, have you, have you entered? Have you entered by the door? Ask yourself, have I truly entered into the, into the door of the church through Christ? Or did I try to come in a different way? It's a big question, something you should ask. Ask yourselves, maybe... Maybe you have trusted in Christ, but have you been baptized? Have you made that public? Uh, That is what baptism is for, is to announce to the world that you have trusted Christ. Third, the good shepherd and his under-shepherds love the words of God. It says here in verse 3, to him the gatekeeper opened. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for, the, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. Here we see the, 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 the discernment that exists in the people of God. We see the Christian's ability to discern What is the voice of God and what is the voice of the stranger? It is impossible to acquire this discernment without the Word of God written for us. Scripture defines what is true and what is false. Jesus prays later in John 17, 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your Word is truth. We know who and what is of God through His Word. It's said that counterfeiters, those are, uh, are, are those that are in opposition to counterfeiting, those who are taught to figure out if something's counterfeit. Uh, they, don't sp- they don't spend as much time on the counterfeits as they do the real thing, of handling the real money, of knowing what it smells like, knowing what it feels like, knowing what it looks like. They just spend a lot of time examining and touching the real thing so that when they see the counterfeit, they know. So it is the same way with with the Christian. When we spend time in God's Word, illuminated by the Spirit, this is how we know the voice of the shepherd. If you want to know whether or not you are being led by the good shepherd or a thief, test the leading by the revealed Word of God. Is this leading bringing you more in conformity to the Word of Christ, the Word of God, the Scripture? If so, then it, then you're being led by the shepherd. Is it leading you out of obedience to the word of God? Then the good bet is that you're being led by a stranger and a thief who seeks to scatter and destroy you. Judge your under shepherds also by whether or not their words come from God. Is the source of his words from the shepherd? Is is what he say a lot of what he wants you to to know? Is a lot of what he says, oh, God's telling me this, as if the pastors have this secret phone in the back where God's talking to us and not y'all. Be careful of that. Or does he come and he says, God has said in his word, this is God's calling on our church his word if we begin to teach you about what we want you to know and less about what God has said then it might be time to hit the eject button find a new church find a a man of God that is a true under shepherd who studies and proclaims the word of God we, as the under shepherds, are to speak for the good shepherd as clearly as possible. We see here the thief or the stranger says in verse 5 A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Be mindful that not all who speak to, into your life is a good shepherd. Be mindful that there are those speaking into your life that are thieves. And are strangers of God. But this verse is very encouraging because it puts a lot of confidence in the Christian and and, and the sheep to, if they really listen, if they really pay attention, they know. They can tell the difference between the shepherd's voice and the voice of the thief. Psalm 1 says. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sets in the seat of scoffers. Flee the voices of strangers and thieves that would take you away from your Christ. And fourthly, and, and finally, the, the good shepherd and his under-shepherds seek abundant life for the sheep. I want you to notice that just the, the beautiful things that are said here about the Good Shepherd. First is that He knows His sheep by name. It says in verse 3, He calls His own sheep by name. He told Jeremiah uh, in, in chapter 1, verse 5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you, I appointed you a prophet to the nation. We live in a world where despite the explosion of social media, despite all that, that stuff, and we've got so many friends on this social platform, surveys show that we feel more alone than we've ever felt before. That, that the average person in America feels more alone than anybody that's gone before them. And I want you to know something that if you feel alone, I want you to realize that, that you're not alone as the sheep of God. If you're a sheep of God, if you have entered uh, the door uh, of Christ, you are not alone. The Scriptures tell us that He knows the number of hairs on your head. It says this, that He, he, he keeps up with your tossings in the night. Have you ever had anxiety about going to work the next day or something you were facing the next day and you tossed and turned and you thought, this is awful. You realize that your God cares for you so much that He knows how many times you flipped over. That's what the Bible says. The Scripture tells us He keeps our tears in the bottle. and every miserable uh, or joyful tear that you've cried, He knows. He can tell you that tear happened on that moment that second on that day because of that experience that's how not alone you are when you're a sheep of god he knows your name and and he knows everything about you he has seen the depths of the darkness of your soul and not only has he not looked away but he has gazed continued to gaze at you in affection glorious thought that he knows his sheep by name second it says he goes before them in verse four he goes before them and the sheep follows him at at some point uh growing up when gabe was a little kid gabe hates when i tell stories in the pulpit with his name but it's okay um we would pull up to a pond. When we went to a pond on the four-wheeler, and I would say, hold on, Gabe, don't get off. Dad's going to, at some point I said this, Dad's going to go on alert for snakes. And So I would check the bank up and down uh, for snakes and just make sure there weren't any snakes there and then I would let him off the four-wheeler. Well, every time we would pull up to a pond, uh, to this day, uh, when we pull up to the pond, go on alert, Dad, go on alert. And what this scripture tells us is that every day, Jesus Christ, our shepherd, goes on alert for us. That though we don't know what a day holds, he's already looked ahead. And no matter what horrors might come to us in any particular day, they come to us through the hands of a loving shepherd. Does that encourage you? Does that encourage you to know that the shepherd goes before you and ultimately he has brought his heel down on the serpent? So ultimately, no harm, eternal harm can befall those who are his shepherds because he has put his foot, gone before you and put his foot on the serpent. says also that He gives them salvation. It says in verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters by Me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Those who enter the fold by Christ will be saved. He says later on in this very dialogue that we'll get to uh, in a couple weeks, it says in verse 28, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. That for the for the shepherd, for the sheep of God, that, yeah, we may experience temporary hardship, but nothing can take us out of the eternal safety of being a sheep of God. What a glorious thought. And as if that weren't enough, it gives us abundant life. It says... In verse 10, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Just eternal salvation in and of itself would have been great. Simply avoiding the wrath of God is more than any of us in this room deserve. But the good shepherd came that we would have life and have it to the absolute fullest no one in this on this earth should be able to hold a candle to the experiences and the joy in the life of the Christian who has been given an abundant life not just in the life to come but even in this life through what Christ has done for us again the good shepherd and His under-shepherds come to gather and love the sheep while the strangers and thieves come to scatter and destroy the sheep. Have you entered by the door of Christ into the, into the fellowship of believers? Have you done that? Have you been saved? Have you put your faith? All you, all you have to do is put your absolute trust in Christ and His work and you enter by the door into the sheep of God. Have you been baptized? Maybe you've done that first step, but the first step, the first step of obedience that God gave us is baptism to let the world know what has happened. Have you done that? We well, would love to to baptize you here at Wyatt if you've professed Christ. Be mindful. Be mindful of who you follow. There are those strangers and thieves out there that would seek to take, you, to, 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 to take your attention off of Christ, the Good Shepherd. But Jesus promised that we'll know the voices, if we'll listen, if we'll, if we'll apply our heart to, to listen to who's speaking, we can discern what is God's voice and what is someone else's. be mindful and pray for your under shepherds pray for us as pastors there will be great representatives we'll never be as perfect as christ but help us pray for us Um, if you see us straying, call us out on being a good under shepherd of the good shepherd please pray for us as pastors as well i'm going to ask you to please stand as our musicians come and However God has spoken to your heart through his word, uh, you can respond. I'll be, I'll be down front here. I uh, would love to talk to you about baptism or salvation uh, or anything. Uh, let's pray. Dear only Father, God, we thank you for Christ, the good shepherd. God, we thank you for sending him so that we could have life and have it abundantly. God, help us to to live that abundant life, to live in the joy of, of the gospel. God, if there's anyone here who has never entered through that door, God, I pray that they would enter into that door this morning, that they might know what it is like and to know the joy of being a sheep that belongs to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.